unfortunately still a couple months away from the opening of spring training in Bradenton. But it's fun to think about already where there might be actual, honest, open battles on the diamond, especially among the everyday eight. That's that's where it really stands out. And um, I'm afraid this won't be the most pleasant subject. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. I do this every day. I had a Daily Shot show for a few months that incorporated all of Pittsburgh's teams, decided to split them up into little bits and pieces, meaning one each for the Pirates, the Steelers, and the Penguins. I hope if you're interested in football and hockey, you'll check out the other two shows that I do every day. This one today is going to be uh, another one of those deflating downer type of shows. But you know what? We're talking about the Pirates here. What do you want? Like roses and sunshine? and It's just not where they are. It's just not where they are. If anything, in thinking about this specific subject, where you might have bona fide positional battles among your everyday eight, the question that I ended up using to counter it was, where won't you? Where won't you? Who are the people that you would say right now, not conditionally, not if, not then, not even necessarily attached to contracts, although those are a very real variable, who would you say is an absolute lock to be at any of the eight positions. My list is frighteningly short. I've got Jacob Stallings behind the plate. Absolute no-doubter. The Pirates' most consistent performer. Their MVP in every way. I mean, smirk at that if you want, but, but he was in 2020. And he's not going to have any anything remotely resembling competition. I mean, he'll get more days off than what people want, but he's the number one guy. In fact, he might be the most cemented out of all of them, with I'll do apologies to a couple other I'll get to here. At first base, I mean, you have to go with Josh Bell. I mean, you might not want to, given the way – he performed offensively, and of course, he's just in such dark territory right now defensively that I don't know that it's even worth a a good discussion or anything adding on. He he has to hit. He has to hit the way he did in 2018, and not even necessarily like the first half of 2018, but just the cumulative performance. He has to be a significant National League power hitter with significant National League run-producing capabilities. And he was neither of those things in 2020. But you have to go with him. Colin Moran can obviously play first base uh, as well, but Bell being a switch hitter and Bell being better from the left side, I'm not sure what kind of opportunities are left there. Uh, You have too much to gain as an organization 
by allowing Bell to get hot, even if you don't believe in him, even if you don't intend to keep him, and when he's a Scott Boris guy, which he is, you're not going to keep him regardless, you have everything to gain from putting him on the field, letting him get hot, and then trading him at maximum value. So, yep, he's the first baseman. Second base, I mean, the lazy thing to say is, well, you know, that's Adam Frazier's job. But it's not. It's not. He didn't hit sufficiently. I know what the defensive metrics are. I also know that great defense at second base doesn't get you a major league starting role unless it's accompanied by a bat. And Frazier's far too inconsistent. You see him locked in for a week and you wonder why it isn't there all the time, but it isn't there all the time. It just isn't. There's no reason he should be gift-wrapped a job at second base. I love the kid. This is not me getting nasty, not with him and not with any of these players. Uh, It's a great, great group. I love dealing with them. I value the relationships with them, but performance is performance. Same goes for shortstop. Same goes for shortstop. Kevin Newman looked like the shortstop of the foreseeable future in 2018. He came on later than Brian Reynolds did that year, but he arguably ended up with an even better year than Reynolds did, even though his you know production was built a lot on August and September, which is devalued in a lot of people's eyes, and I understand why. He's... He's got to re-win that job to me all over again. If it's between uh, him and Cole Tucker, as I'm hearing it's going to be, great. If they bring in somebody else, great. If it's Eric Gonzalez, who was just re-signed, great. Who cares? <laughs> you know, I mean, Gonzalez is hes not that old. If he's your best shortstop, and he is defensively, by the way, and he hits the way he did for the first half of this brief 2020 season, there's talent there. But between Newman and Tucker, I mean, I have more faith in Newman's bat since we've at least seen it, but I have no reason to have faith in Tucker's bat. So what are we looking at here? This is as vague a position as there is on the field, and we're talking about shortstop here. You know, this isn't a small thing. Uh, You need a reliable shortstop. You need more than one option for a reliable shortstop when you're a team that's developing the way the Pirates are. So ideally, they end up with a situation with two or three of these guys really performing well and somebody wins out, but uh, there's no precursor to that based on what we just saw this past season. Third base is Kebrian Hayes. I'm sorry, I never want to see anybody else play that position. <laughs> if you thought this was going to be one of those, like, well, we'll see him split some time with Colin. No, no, no. Kid needs to play. He needs to play from day one. He needs to play Every day, uh, this looks like it might be a special player. It it, it just does. Uh, I'm a little cringy about the Andrew McCutcheon comparisons and so forth, but 
that doesn't mean this kid can't be really, really good in his own right. He's the third baseman. So what are we up to now? Catcher, first base, and third base. Let's go to the outfield. Left field, to me, you have to start out with Brian Reynolds. Um, not unconditionally. Not carte blanche. Uh, you would be crazy if you were the Pirates and you dismissed one of the best rookie seasons they've had in a long time as consistent as Reynolds was throughout 2018. Almost no slumps. Kid wouldn't go two, three days without a, without a knock of some kind and just kept hitting and hitting and hitting and looking so smart and so disciplined, so in control, hitting to all fields, and then, wow. So it can't be unconditional. So this is our maybe our first iffy guy. I would say he's a lock to start the season, but I don't know that you think to yourself that he can't be demoted, that he can't. Uh, take a backward step. You know, in the 60-game schedule, there was nowhere to send him. What are you going to do, punish him and send him to the Altoona Satellite Camp? That wouldn't make any sense. He wouldn't get any activity. The same was true, by the way, for a lot of struggling Pirates, including the younger guys who had options still. Newman's one of those. Reynolds is another one. Still has options. Still can go back. Something to think about. Uh, center field, jeez, I don't even know who's going to play center field. Do you? Is it Anthony Alford? I have no idea. Who are you putting in center? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Jared Oliva? I have no idea who they're putting in center field. So center field is as empty as it was before Ben Charrington went out and picked up Gerard Dyson for a song in the middle of spring training last year. That's that's that that's all I have on center field and right field. Gregory Polanco has the contract. Gregory Polanco is going to make $11 million in change. And the Pirates, similar to Bell, would be nuts to not put him out there and see if he can go loco, which he's capable of doing. Now, he also can hit, you know, 170 and strike out in 7 out of 10 at bats the way he did in 2020. But if you're the Pirates, you're looking f- for a chance to move him, if you can, ideally. And the only way you're going to do that is to play him because everyone's last memory of him is a sour one, meaning other executives around the league. So what what do we got here? What do we got here? What is this? There's a catcher, a first baseman, a third baseman, and maybe a left fielder in terms of being locked in. That's a nutty spring training. It is. And again, to an extent, it's what you want. Remember around the three-quarters point of this past season when uh, Charrington first and then Derek Shelton after him began using the term meritocracy because they felt like some guys were just handed positions based on what they had done under the previous management. Some of that was done out of respect. Some of that was done out of common sense. But a lot of it, clearly, was taken for granted. Go ahead. Make them fight for it. Nothing wrong with that. Make them battle for it. You can look at this as a negative, which actually it kind of is. Or you can look at the positive side of this and see these guys maybe push each other, all of them, to get better instead of having anybody, anybody, 
coming back from a 19 and 41 team feeling comfortable. It just shouldn't happen. When we come back, I'll be joined by Noah Hiles. Welcome back. Joining me now in studio, Noah Hiles, who covers the Pirates and Duquesne basketball for us. Hi, Noah. How's it going? All right, I guess. Whatever. Right? Well, you recognize I didn't call you boss this time. Yeah, this Last is a good thing. Last week you got upset with me. When yeah, this is this is this is a good thing. So we're off to a good start here. There we go. Let's talk about the designated hitter, since I'm not sure that anybody in Major League Baseball is. There still, amazingly, has not been a decision rendered, at least not one publicly, as to whether or not the DH will stay uh, in the National League in 2021. Yeah, and. I don't know what else they're. I don't know what the decision. What are they about. talking what, about? Yeah. What What's there to decide? I think after seeing it universally used last year, who wants to, Who wants to go back? I, yeah, I don't. Like, I, I, you know? I thought this would be a clean cut decision by now. They, they had not. their. They've been waiting for the longest time to have a foot in the door with that thing. The pandemic hands it to them. They seize it, and now they're waffling after. I, I don't get that. And the weird thing about it, Dayon, is the longer they put this off by making it official, the longer it hurts teams in the National League who don't know if they should be building a team. The roster-wise, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Like, like teams, I mean, the Pirates don't necessarily don't include have the that Pirates. Worry. Don't include the Pirates yeah, in these teams discussions. like the Dodgers. <laughs> right, or, the ones you know, that are contending. That are be competing. Yes. They need to know... Do we need to go out and get someone in free agency? Do we need who's going to be playing first base? Who's going to be playing DH? Do we need an extra bat in our lineup? And there are guys out there to fill that role, but why spend that money right now if you don't know if he's going to be able to play 140 games for you? The other thing about the DH is, and and I understand because I hear the the people who want to you know keep the National League the way it was, and most of them are significantly older than I am, I think. And they only offer one reason for it, and that is that's how it's always been, and it's the difference between the NL and the AL. But the differences between the NL and the AL have been blurred for such a long time and so starkly uh, over the years that there's really... It stopped being a thing forever ago. I mean, this was only... Was it 10, 12 years ago there was still a president of the National League and a president of the American League, even though they were completely just figureheads. They had no actual responsibilities. It was like, you know, being the Queen of England or something. And then they come back, and interleague becomes massive across the schedule to the point where you don't even – you don't even bat an eyelash. Who are they playing at home tonight? Oh, the Twins. Oh, okay, they're playing the Twins. Yeah. It's just not a big deal. I don't see what the solid argument is to go back. I see. I don't either, but to play devil's advocate, I know one argument aside from the way it's always been is when people say it takes away some of the strategy of Does the it? game. Well, you know, double switches and everything. But I'll tell you what. If you can find me one person who comes to PNC Park or any other baseball stadium to go watch the strategy of a manager and how he manages the game. Hey, son, look, it's a double switch. Yeah, you're lying. You know, I want to. I go to the games. Well, now I go to the games because it's my job and, you know, I'm lucky. But uh, you, you go to the games, you watch baseball to watch pitchers pitch and hitters hit. And it's not fun watching pitchers bat. Bunts are rarely exciting. And when a pitcher does hit, you know, 
Pe some people get excited and it's sarcastic, and there are a handful of pitchers who can actually swing a bat, and that's great. But for the most part, it takes away from the enjoyment of the game, from this, you know, this home run era that we're going through. It's 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 worthless having a pitcher at the plate. I, I see no reason to not use the DH universally, and I think it helps all teams, including the Pirates. It allows you to be more uh, creative with well, how you it, construct it, the lineup. It, actually, it hurts the Pirates. I mean, Joe Musgrove and Stephen Brault can both hit. That's true. They, they would have made better Blanco hitting pitchers. The yeah, but they just, the Pirates just don't, don't matter at this phase yeah. of, of, the, of, of that type of uh, equation as to being competitive or being contenders or whatever. I guess, in general, when I look at the, the state of Major League Baseball, uh, the, the separations between NL and AL are are weird and silly, the ones that exist, and I would rather just be in favor of seeing geographical alignments, uh, make the divisions look like football divisions, promote real rivalries, get, get fans of nearby teams coming into your stadium and vice versa. You know, develop some real animosity. Have an AFC North, basically, yeah. in baseball, where the Pirates are playing against the Orioles, the Reds, the Indians, and so forth. Uh, that, that to me, would be exciting, not the DH. We had that not the kind of in DH. 2020 with just the central, you know, the AL. Kind the of, NL. yeah. If that could well, there's no one. fans. So, yeah, I mean, th this is. You could just have three 10 team divisions. Yeah. I think that that would be more entertaining. Where you could it, play it, Pittsburgh and Cleveland every single year. You get both of the Chicago teams in the same division. That makes things more fun, in my opinion. You still get Boston and New York, but now you get Yankees Mets as well as a division matchup. Um, yeah, we're on the same page here. I think baseball just doing things because they've. Doing something just because it's always been done that way is a dumb excuse in any realm of life, especially in entertainment. He's Noah Hiles. He covers the Pirates and Duquesne basketball for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Thanks for being here, Noah. Absolutely. And when we come back, just one question. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you every day by Mike's Beer Bar over on the North Shore. If you're looking for the best beer selection in town, look no further. Mike's is located directly across from PNC Park, right there on Federal Street. It's home to more than 500 beers and 80 rotating taps running with only local beers. In fact, more than half the selection at Mike's is from the Pittsburgh area, making this your premier go-to place for great local beer. Mix and match six-packs to go are 50% off, and 32-ounce crawlers to go are buy two, get one free. So stop by and see why everyone is saying, meet me at Mike's. Today's Just One Question comes from Zach Skalinski, who asks... How long until the Pirates can legitimately, realistically compete for a deep postseason run slash World Series title? And you can tell Zach's a real 
like a real dedicated fan because Zach's not afraid to say it. He's not afraid to use the terminology. I kind of like it. <laughs> I mean, you know, people look at payroll as the be-all and end-all of whether or not you can compete for these things. And they do so without noticing that the Tampa Bay Rays just got to the World Series with a payroll that was just a hair above the Pirates. You know, I mean, it's it's a massive, massive impediment. And I'm not going to ever pretend otherwise. That's why I keep pounding the table for a salary cap. But it's not the only thing. How long is it going to take, Zach? It's going to take... As long as it takes Ben Charrington to legitimately build up the minor league system. This might not be what anybody wants to hear. It might not be what you want to hear. But hoping that this current roster in Pittsburgh can be somehow built into something by filling in holes or even filling in a bunch of holes or if Nutting snapped his finger tomorrow and quadrupled the payroll it wouldn't happen you would just be the Cincinnati Reds doing dumb things the only way that it's going to happen and the only way that Charrington will tolerate it happening I can tell you that unequivocally is by building up both the quality and the quantity of the minor league system that's it that's really it it's not going to be a magic wand it's not going to be uh, the Pirates getting lucky. It's not going to be the Pirates suddenly spending and getting free agents or making some uh, super spectacular trades that rip somebody else off blind. It's not going to happen. There isn't a shortcut for it. There just isn't. And I'm going to talk tomorrow, actually to open tomorrow's show, I'll promise you that right now, on where exactly the Pirates stand in that spot and why I think it'll be at least two, three years before we're having this conversation on any serious level. Thanks so much for listening today. Your front door. Your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.